0: Do you like money? Do you like free money? Introducing Folly Bucks. Give $10, get $10. That's right. You will get a unique code to share with your friends, family, enemies, anyone you know. They use that code, you automatically get $10 to use Towards future Folly purchases. And the person you shared the code with gets $10 for their purchase. There is no limit to the amount of Folly Bucks you can get. So head to FollyCoffee.com, hit the header at the top, and get your Folly Bucks now. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Folly Coffee Podcast. If you haven't done so already, I ask that real quick here you just pause. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you've liked any of the previous episodes or this episode, please give us that five-star rating. It helps us greatly. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Rob, this is episode 91 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. One, two, three, four. The Folly I am here with Brian of Cuckoo Kangaroo, nearly 200,000 subscribers on YouTube with 130 million views, nearly 200,000 followers on TikTok, over 220,000 listeners on Spotify monthly with millions millions of streams. Don't worry, it's not my real voice. Two best friends, Brian and Neil, start a band doing live shows with nothing but, correct me if I'm wrong, an iPod and some microphones.
1: You got it. You got it. That's it.
0: <laughs> to create what it's now become, it's crazy. Uh, you also, I want to mention at the beginning here. You have the Banter Buddies podcast. You can check that out on Spotify. And you have a new album coming out on May twenty first. Is there anything you want to plug right at the before, uh, right at the beginning before we get into it?
1: That's it. Check <laughs> out. Check out. Check out what. Check out some stuff.
0: So, Cuckoo Kangaroo. That's spelled K O O K O O Kangaroo. I'm really excited about this episode because I've known about you for a while, obviously through our mutual friends. We were just talking about Kai who made our intro, the General B and the Wiz guys have played shows with you. A bunch of those guys have been with you on tour or all this different music stuff. And so I've never met you in person. So we're doing this virtually. I'm excited to get into it. I want to go all the way back to the beginning of Cuckoo Kangaroo, how you get started and how you get to be where you are today. And this like crazy following engagement like all these followings you have across multiple platforms is bizarre. Sometimes you see a group with like one dedicated following on one platform and here you guys are having these insane followings across multiple platforms and your live shows I've heard are just absolutely so much fun to go to. I want to hear how you came to be who you are today.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um, wherever you want to start, it is. I've, um, I got my first taste of folly coffee. Uh, Seth barely shared some of the blue bag. That's the, that's the, that's the first grind, right? That's the first yeah, roast. That's
0: the, that's the house bean.
1: Yeah. The house bean. Um, and, uh, I've had that a couple times. Um, and then, uh, what really got kicking what, uh, set this off is, um, is, uh, the, the hot sauce. That's now we're, now we're talking. <laughs> Exactly, mini row yeah. market right by my house um because we're we're close you're saying with berkham hopkins we
0: ironically live about eight minutes away from each we're other so problems. close
1: and then but i didn't but then all of a sudden i found kevin i found out kevin makes it with you
0: that is correct did, uh, so kevin kokenauer is my childhood best friend oh obviously. for real okay yeah so we grew up together obviously a really talented chef and so he's the one that made the folly coffee hot sauce recipe and we started that side together
1: wow well, you're doing a, I mean, it, your, your coffee could be crap, but it's not, it's great. And then your hot sauce <laughs> is a delight. So I got
0: a, I got a little nervous when you started that sentence, but let's get, let's get back to your world. I don't want to, I don't want to get you here to talk about Folly coffee. Wait, no, we
1: get, can though. We can. No, no, you don't have to be, no, I'm saying the coffee is great, but I'm saying the hot sauce is so good. It doesn't matter. You know I mean? No, I know.
0: So, I, I'm with you, but, but we're here to talk about the cuckoo story. So let's go okay. back to like, what's the story of you and Brian? How did, how did you two meet?
1: Uh, Neil and I, we met in college. We met, um, we went to St. Mary's University in Winona, Minnesota, and uh, we met freshman year. First day, we were on the same floor, dorm room, and uh, we were, it kind of was a a mix of sports, sports dudes and um, music, music dudes on the, on the hall. So the sports, sports dudes would be gone all the time playing basketball. I think we had the basketball floor. And then everybody else would just be sitting around with their doors open and um, we started a band, started playing at some variety shows. We started like a folk rock band called Book Reader and uh, Neil played drums and and I play guitar and piano and some stuff and sing and Neil's never sang, never been a front person and um, we made a couple albums with them and those are some of our best buddies and Um, But we kind of wanted to keep, we wanted to keep going. So we took the time through some battle of bands to experiment because we had seen some other bands do some wild stuff that didn't include instruments. And it was, we just were really, we were getting high off of crowd participation. Like we would just go see a lot of shows and anything that was slightly different, we were just eating it up. We were seeking it almost. It was like, it was just like feeding everything inside of us. Um, um, any kind of music any kind of live performance basically so we start we basically just uh, have you ever heard of this band Gogol Bordello no okay they're like a they're they're a punk band they're like a eastern european um folky they call themselves gypsy gypsy punks but it's wild it's every it's it's a big smattering of diversity on stage and all kinds of different backgrounds and they play just fast uh punk music but they really are all about antics getting the crowd in involved and we saw that and we saw a couple other bands and we can for our first couple shows we we kind of we kind of stole all their gimmicks but we eventually got some <laughs> of our own so that's that's how the band that's how like that's the impetus of why we started it um we wanted something interactive and we were really sick of hauling drums around so <laughs>
0: So when you say interactive for someone who hasn't been to one of your shows, what would be the difference between going to a traditional show where you're watching a band play on stage, maybe some songs, you know, maybe some don't, uh, but what's the difference between a show like that and what you would call an interactive show?
1: Sure. Yeah. That was a very precise and lovely question. Thank you. No one ever asked that. (laughs) Uh, we were, we were getting bored at, at shows we were going to rock shows, punk shows, hip hop shows, all kinds of shows. Um, and we wanted you to get involved off of the first time you went, not if you've like, hey, I've been 10 times know all the words. So we had sing-along choruses that were usually just like, I'm a camp counselor. So they were like versions of camp cheers, you know, um, like, hey, we're going to we're going to say this line and then you're going to say this. Or it's like a repeat after me in the chorus. And we would have um, we have little signs to tell you what to say. And then uh, in every song. And then everything had a simple dance move that we could just teach you in the intro of the song. So there was like a little melody lick that would come back. So it was very formulaic. Um, and they were simple dance moves and that's it. And our, and our gimmick was being um, clean. It, it it wasn't our gimmick was being kidsy because we were singing about like unicorns and rainbows back then and still dinosaur stomp and stuff like that. We weren't trying to be kidsy. We were just using, uh, Childishness as our angle. Um, because back then in the scene, there were a lot of other bands that were just being hypersexual, mm. you know, so that was our angle to fit in and to be different. Um, and I've seen a lot of, we saw a lot of like computer bands or like iPod bands that when there was an instrumental break, they didn't know what to do or they like would stand there and say like okay well there's an instrumental break we're not playing instruments so we need to teach you a dance
0: it's like when, um, when a karaoke and someone starts singing a song and there's a one minute instrument break and all of a sudden they, you, that's when you realize that this karaoke person has no idea what to do for this one minute
1: that is it's, it that's like it right you, there it's
0: like, and it's like when you go to a wedding you know the first few songs no one's gonna really get on the dance stage because it's a little embarrassing not enough drinks have been had but then all of a sudden uh, Cupid Shuffle comes on or YMCA comes on and you go okay now I'm comfortable enough to go on the dance floor because I know the moves to the song it's kind of a group thing it creates a more like group dynamic it's essentially what you're doing with your shows.
1: Totally and we start right off the bat by just letting everybody know by going hard right off the top and welcoming everybody Um, that you can your worst dance move your weirdness is never going to outweird us so please feel like safe to try what we're trying to tell you know that's that's what we're going for is trying to be like um it's gonna get weird it's gonna be different but that's okay you're not going to this isn't like a, a circle where you have to go show off you are going to be the least noticeable person here so just follow along so, like, don't worry. So no try. one's
0: going to be staring at you for looking awkward and weird. They're going to be staring at us being more awkward and weird. So you're welcome to be as awkward and weird as we're being on stage.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll um we'll make it easy. We'll make it easy for you. So that's kind of our goal. And also it's a fine line because, you know, you've seen people that try to be weird for the sake of being weird. Um, And so you try to not do that because that is... That kind of exiles the group a little bit it has to be this like dance between like being inclusive and we like to chit chat i don't know about you but when i go see a band and they don't ever talk to the audience that can almost ruin some of that's ruined some of my favorite bands for me like they don't even say hello and i'm like well that's kind of rude so uh
0: you don't want to throw off the continuity of the songs we're playing even though you paid for a ticket to come see us in person even though you already have listened to our album we're on a stage so we're not going to acknowledge that you're
1: there yeah yeah you got it yeah so um so we're we like to chit chat probably a little too much you can tell when we uh we're a little out of shape we talk a little bit too much in between like songs because um but uh that's our workout and that's why uh, i've gained a couple during covid because i haven't had my uh 45 minute workout on (laughs) stage i don't i don't go to a gym i don't do that so
0: and it's an so. interesting way to it, like the, the marketing side of it, it's an interesting way to look at the existing landscape of what currently is the live music scene, like. Okay. You've got this hypersexualization over here. You do have these non-instrumental bands that are using recordings, but they're doing this thing over here. And so finding all like the different parts that aren't being executed across different types of music, live shows and landing in a space that no one exists. And so it's like, You start developing the people that like it, they'll be like insanely devoted and insanely excited about what you're doing because there's really no one else doing it. Whereas like other bands, you go, oh, I like this band, but I like this one more because they're doing the same thing better. Or I knew this one first and you guys are over here like, if you like this, there's not really anybody else doing what we're doing and there's not a show you'll go to that is like that
1: that is true that has been um that has been really good for us and that has also been uh, our detriment in some points you know what i mean i look at some bands they're like wow they have a scene they have a group of bands to play with right and we're just like <laughs> yeah we're kind of on an island but um you're looking at cool the that.
0: landscape do you guys have any interactive stuff uh <laughs> to engage the audience you're like any sing <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i've told i've told all the general being the whiz boys um and i'll tell them again right here I, t- I have said I've said like just make a fun, dancey just make a fun dancey weird show, dress up in costumes all design the costumes and uh, go play just go play. everybody every block party needs a a family friendly opener it doesn't have to be quiet lullaby or that's another yeah that's another thing too but yeah so that's uh, that's the beginning and then we were just playing bars because that's all we knew and. um So we played college circuits, we played uh, NACA, if you ever heard of that, to try to get like booked at other colleges. Uh, So we played the college circuit and then people started asking us to play their kids' birthday parties and um, play a couple of family sets. And we were a little hesitant of it because we didn't want to be like pigeonholed. But um, then we made uh, we made a workout DVD. Um, (laughs) Basically, we first filmed it. Just in a studio with no green screen stuff, but we made it because there were these kids coming to our shows, kids being like 21 year olds. And they had been like a couple times and we could see the gimmick got old real fast because it's really like fed to you right on a platter for your first show. So we made more dance moves you could learn, hopefully that it would like engage a super fanness, and uh, elementary school teachers uh, uh, spread them like wildfire on uh, Pinterest back then through youtube and um then we started kind of becoming a kids band which we which we are now which we are now we're we're the same we're we always have been and always will be both so
0: and it's already starting to make a lot of sense how you have such an engaged following that a lot of bands i think they kind of go we're gonna do what we want to do it take it or leave it we don't care what you think whereas you're actively engaging your fans at the shows that are listening that are watching your videos and saying what is it that you like what would be more fun thinking actively about what would be fun for someone who's seen five of our shows what could we do so that even if they've seen the same set they're going to continue to have more enjoyment and have almost like these easter eggs of i know this so i'm like more of a super fan than before so <laughs> i am curious the initial pitch when you form the group and then you go to the first bars and you go to the first venues and you're booking the shows how is it that you describe yourself to the venues with what you're doing.
1: Um well we played with a lot of punk bands that just thought it was fun not to have the eighth punk band on and uh we called ourselves uh hyperactive toddler dance pop. <laughs> and people said that sounds weird. Sure. Right? That's it. That's it. It just it, it you weren't saying, "Hey, we're Weezer." Uh, I got six of those on the bill. That's it. <laughs> That's the only way we got in the door
0: it's it's a testament to people want things that are different like there's not that many with especially now the digital landscape of things it's so hard to do something that is very unique and different so even when they hear that i go well i don't know what that means but i've never heard it before so at the very least i want to see it how quickly after forming the group did you notice the following on, I guess there's kind of two different worlds in the the cuckoo kangaroo world. You've got the digital world with your insane following base across the different platforms, and then you've got the live shows. And I'm sure they go hand in hand in terms of creating a following, but I'm curious how quickly you noticed the live shows started to grow and the social media platforms.
1: Uh, they've all been uh, slow and steady. Every, everything. This is our 13th year. Excuse me. Uh, this is our thirteenth year as a band, and they've all been just slow and steady. You know, I mean, because YouTube didn't even exist when we started the band. I think it started the year after. I think that's when YouTube started, and that's when the OK Go um, first video. video came out. Yeah, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of took it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, a I, later. I forgot I had. <laughs> Maybe that was before. I'm not really sure on timelines, but I do know we made our first, like, couple music videos in the first year of the band. Um, And Bandcamp came out. We put our first album up. We had to uh, get a WordPress and get one of pay one of our, we didn't really pay them to like make our website because we really wanted with our old band, we had a bunch of CDs and it was such a weird barrier barrier to entry. It's like you need people to listen to your music. But why are they going to pay for something they've never really heard before? It was, you know, no streaming, no anything. So we decided with this band, everything was going to be free no matter what. So you could download it for free on our website with our first album. So that's all we made, just cards being like, there's no, just like download it for free, download it for free. That was all the messaging. And then Bandcamp came around maybe like 2009. I don't know. Somebody will probably look this up. Because people were like, well, we want to pay you some money. And we're like, that's dumb. We're giving it to you for free. Why would you offer? Buy a t-shirt. So that was kind of our gimmick for a while. And then we, then we were like, okay, you can you can pay what you want. That was our thing for a while. And then, and then streaming kind of came later. But Spotify has been recent. YouTube has always been a steady grow. You know, everybody's like, why do you only, like, you say 200,000 followers, which 100 of those have joined on in the past, like, six months. Wow. Um, um, That's more through like uh, virtual learning, like teachers saying like, parents, you're in charge now. And then they're like, oh, I didn't know my kid watched this all day. Uh, <laughs> so everything's been a slow climb. Slow, slow and steady. I wish, I wish people would jump in more. We're always doing contests. We're always doing things. I can see you're an eager man. I can see you love that kind of stuff and you always want Folly to do that kind of stuff. And I always want people to... <laughs> Come on, this is a great contest. Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing more? We're doing all these things, and it's uh, it's always slow. Very slow.
0: Now, you say slow, but TikTok being at 200,000 followers, it hasn't been around for that long. And when I see what Cuckoo Kangaroo does, and I look at TikTok, I have to imagine when that when you see that platform come along, that you had to have looked at that and been like, This is built for what we do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it is. I like to look at TikTok. Making TikToks we fully don't know what to do. Okay, can I if we're talking if we're talking real here, we just joined TikTok a month ago and all of our fans that are on there are actually just middle school kids that all if you look at the comments for five seconds you'll see that 98 percent of the whatever million comments on there are just kids saying you are my childhood it's so weird <laughs> they're being nostalgic for two years ago
0: because <laughs> when you're when you're that age two years ago it's like oh my gosh i remember this from my yep. childhood and you're like um, you're still a child but okay
1: it's funny it's funny it's funny Yeah, i, I would put a couple of videos up there that i have since deleted being like I'm just your child. Or, I don't know. I don't know. We were, it like, didn't read fully. It doesn't, <laughs> it didn't read. So, so we did that. And it does make sense to like do our dance moves and make them be dance challenges. But um, now I'm, I'm, um, I'm more of someone who will sit back and I'll repeat something that has really worked and Neil and why you always need a yin and a yang as um you and it's Jeff, right? Jeff's the other. Yeah. Yeah, probably you and Jeff are as well. Very much um, so. uh, You have, Neil and I are totally different. We are totally aligned in the vision, but he's always trying to push. So TikTok, we haven't even had time to even figure out, like, I don't know. Do we, Is do fifth graders even care? Are they just looking at it because they played this in second grade? You know, what is there for, what can we offer fifth graders? And I would say nothing yet. Maybe they'll be nostalgic and go run whatever two social media platforms from this will be. They'll remix us, and then we'll play. We'll open for some whatever the Skrillex is in 12 years because they'll be nostalgic for us, and we'll play at whatever the cool Coachella is. Now, that's the dream. That's going to be cool. That's what I think.
0: Playing on future nostalgia. You're developing a fan base. But that's honestly, like, that's one of the things about TikTok is the people you see exploding are those that obviously – are have a younger uh, listener base or a a younger following like those are the things that really explode and like that is the core user base and it's it's funny because when I think of uh, my first like exposure to Cuckoo Kangaroo was all the live shows you were playing and like my takeaway from it was like oh these guys just have like a crazy different show that seemed to be really popular but I never thought of it as like a kid's thing that I was just like yeah it's got this totally unique like dance almost like it reminded me like um just like almost like camp counselor type of vibe that you're like yeah but you go everybody loves that so at what age do you stop loving that well i don't know it's that you do i think you just get to an age that maybe it's kind of not available or it's not something you could even find at a bar
1: (laughs) yeah now you you look like now you don't you uh your energy is camp counselor were you a camp counselor
0: (laughs) Uh, well, ironically, I was like a strength coach, which is so that's channeling the energy in a different way. It's uh, in the same my, vibe. Yeah, for the high school. Uh, when I came back to start falling, I did that for I did it for a few summers in uh in college, and so yeah, I did that for a while. But that's a different type of energy. But uh, I I, I it, it's funny that you think about it and you go, oh, almost like when you go to a bar and you have some drinks, you're going. I do that to like release inhibition and have fun. So I have to imagine that that's kind of where you find your lane. It's like a bunch of people going out just wanting to have careless fun. It, how co- Are you finding the live shows? Obviously, it's been a full year now before it's even been a thing. But prior to the pandemic and going forward, is that still going to be something that you guys continue to do and tour? And what do you find that your tours are like? Is it primarily that young, young audience? Or is the bar scene and the venue scene still something you look at?
1: We do now, we do the, we definitely will tour. Um, We probably will. Well, what we're going to do is play. We're going to play more like family shows and festivals and stuff here in the end of summer and, in the early fall and then we will we will tour america um in 2022 but um just uh just to give it a little bit of space but we haven't really done the 21 plus tours we do them more as novelty now and they're fun and teachers come out and um people that have seen us in past bands that we've You know the frank turner crowd and the aquabat crowd and the real big fish crowd and people that have seen us tour with that sometimes come out so we'll do that we'll do that for fun um and uh it's good to get back in that habit it you have to be you can't be you can't be sloppy and you can't be sloppy in front of families and you can't be sloppy you have to be loose but you still have to be like tight if that makes any sense so it's good it's good to play a bar scene and it's always good to play something different because it sharpens your skills and it's like okay what's going to work for this crowd? You know, we play, we play the same set with the same energy, but sometimes the songs are tweaked or not tweaked, but, um, um, like the order and things like that. So, um, but our, our past, like what we've been kind of banging our head against the wall for the past four years is a new all ages kind of um, thing we've been trying to do. We've basically played at 300 cap clubs, which um, you'd see any sort of rock, hip-hop, indie band play at around um, the States and in Canada. And we will go play. And on the afternoons, we'll play probably like 1 p.m. or at 6 p.m. We'll try to play an early show, 6 p.m. We're out by 8. Um, We'll bring a 30-minute opener along with us, and we'll play it before their 21-plus crowd. So, And a lot of times these clubs will have to really – emphasize they'll be like oh all ages so 14 plus and we're like no all ages like three to 90. So so um, <laughs> so that's a big thing we've been doing is so we can play more places because a lot of kids bands are just there's a mix of kids bands there's either like people that are low regional and just play just like within a two hour window or there's the giant like Nickelodeon Disney stuff kind of things and there's not a lot in between there's some There's some and um, and sometimes it's tough to not just play weekends. We might do a couple Saturday, Sunday things because that's the pocket for us. But uh, but we love the van, man. We love it. I love the van. So and
0: and that's got to be another one of the challenges of being so insanely unique in what you're doing is trying to describe to people that you go. We have a following that ranges from being able to do bar shows, but also, by the way, our YouTube videos are wildly popular with middle school and elementary school. And we do a lot of family shows and because what you're doing is so unique. It's so hard to like get past that point of that, like that 300 size room of trying to find those venues and be like, trust me, it's fun for literally all ages and trying to, without them knowing you ahead of time. So that makes sense on a national level where they'd be like, we want a national act cause we know the name. It makes sense that we're hiring them or somebody they've worked with before. So it's like that catch 22 of, well, how do I start being one of those people you work with if we've never worked together before?
1: Yeah, just um, word of mouth and relationships, and um, kind of putting things on the line. But um, but a lot of a lot of people are a lot of people don't want to come out to those venues because like this is a bar, and it's like no, it's a music venue. It's fine. It's clean. It's like don't you? You can get a beer at Disney on Ice. It's the same. You know.
0: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Chuck E. Cheese has beer. <laughs> why, why, why isn't that a bar? <laughs>
1: yeah, and and we like that too because we want you know people we want people it's a family event you know i mean it's like that's cool whatever reason you came here for but everyone's included you know so whatever you have to do to get ready to party that's what we need you here for
0: so you keep saying that it's like oh you know we're kind of filming this and filming that and yeah we started kind of blowing up on youtube and TikTok. but your videos like they're well done they're really well edited the audio is obviously awesome but like the videos are engaging with like different words popping on you and all these different filters and effects outside of what just like those platforms offer you now how did you learn that so how did you have the wherewithal to begin editing and be able to do videos that had the all the different layers that makes it a high quality production
1: those are all friends that's all friends yeah we don't do that maybe we help with a couple ideas and we're there but uh those are all pals and we've been lucky enough to just expand and um as we get a little bigger we want to you know ask someone we've been you know watching on instagram or something like that like hey you want to make a video with us and um sometimes they say yes and so that's cool and we'll kind of figure out whatever way so we don't have huge budgets to make stuff now but um But our friends in the early days, they definitely did that stuff for free. So uh, (laughs) I'll definitely play any of their kids' birthday parties or whatever, you know. So, cause um, they really hustled for us. But um, we, uh, Neil and I, make the songs and we write them. But then we've 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 basically we work working with a new producer on on the new record. But um, all the past stuff has really been just one. One person named Neil Zumwald, Um, and he was in a band here called Zebra Zebra. He lives in Austin, Texas now. But um, everything is just finding finding people that you like to work with and help out. So make the vision happen. So, yeah, I can take zero. Neither, neither of us can take any credit for the video stuff. So now what we do is, like, push and get it done. You know what I mean? We're like, this is our dream. This is our vision. Project managers, we're going to get it out and push it. And we're going to hit the road. So... We're more like we're chugging the engine up the mountain. So,
0: And you'll find that people want to work with someone if they're putting in the work. So it's like, even if it's free work, they go, yeah, I know I'm doing it for free. But here's a couple of guys that are really pushing to make this thing succeed versus somebody being like, hey, can you do this free video for me? We'll see if it blows up on TikTok. If it doesn't, that sucks. Whereas like you're doing it and going on the road and doing shows and actively using all this content you're using to grow your follower and to be able to expand your uh, your kind of geographic network to be able to do shows on a wider basis. So I think people are naturally attracted to people that work hard and seeing that you guys are putting in the work, I'm sure that caused I don't know if you call it incentive or just willingness to be able to do some of that work for you.
1: I hope so. I mean, we have a we've always paid everybody a little bit. It's just yeah. never been a lot, you know. It's never been a lot, and it's always there's been a lot of favors. We're very yeah. appreciative there's, about a lot of that stuff. So
0: been a lot of free coffee given out in the early fall coffee days for a lot of work that should have been done for way more.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what's up. So long. They they all stay within the the family and the grand. But everything, all those videos, things like that, those have all gone into YouTube. Really. Yeah. I know you start. you've been saying TikTok, but all the TikTok stuff is just me Absolutely. pressing play in my garage with, I don't know, I don't have a ring light. I, I just, I just turn on. they're just fluorescent lights. It's just really here. I just, this is, this is, I'm in my basement. This is where we mail out all the merch. You know, it's just, uh, there's enough t-shirts around that usually it softens the audio, so. Yeah, because yeah.
0: with TikTok, what they really captured is they go, oh, if we give people editing tools, they're creative. So they can use these editing editing tools to make great videos. But talk about great timing of forming a band right when YouTube started to be able to see that. I'm So you mentioned earlier that you were pushing stuff out for free. And that is more the norm these days because people realize that growing a following is almost as important as selling enough of those early launches what how did people react in those early days where you said we're gonna put all of our stuff out for free it's not gonna cost you anything to download our music to listen to it what was the general reaction within like your own group of musician friends or just any feedback you received for that like strategy
1: i think uh i think some people paid attention and thought it was cool um i'm not sure i i I didn't we didn't hear a lot about it it was just kind of our it was our mission statement it was i mean you can probably relate in the sense of you see something and you know it should be this way and then you just do it it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks or what they say it's just like nope this is this is the customer service realm this is how it should be um so i'm not sure i'm not really even sure i, I know a couple people asked us about it um I but it wasn't really ever a big deal for us because we didn't know anything else. You know, we didn't ever think about we didn't make it. This wasn't our full time jobs until like, you know, four or five years ago. We were putting in our full time to it, you know, working other jobs, but putting all our time into this. But we didn't expect to make any money out of it. But I I can see if you were a band in the 90s or early 2000s and you even if you were a small following and you were making all your money off of that, that that must have been a big blow. You know, that must have been difficult. So um, but times change. Yeah, things are already changing. (laughs) Tell
0: tell me about the new album coming out May 21st. How how long has the process been of getting uh, all the music in place, the writing? What was that process like of when you decided to start work on this new album?
1: Well, this has been the first time we've ever uh, um, had something done and sat on a little bit. Usually it's like, oh, this is finished. All right, let's press release tomorrow. You know, (laughs) let's go. And then we'll make some videos later. And um, just the making making things and videos has changed. We used to make like one video. Maybe we'd make like two or three and then we'd backlog some. But with this record, we're making two videos for every song. Before the record comes out, we have like a music video that is kind of like a, a story or a different type of like um, lens that they use or things like that. And then we have our dance along videos and that's what they use in class or at home. And they like follow the moves along. We still do those because they because people watch them and they use them as a tool. So um, let's see what uh, what's different about this one. We're uh, yeah. working with um, a person named Laserbeak who uh, makes some beats for people around town. Uh, He made the first Lizzo record that that's kind of where we kind of fell in love with him Um, and his his, it's just a raw sound. It's a raw, um, heavier sound. They're all still cuckoo songs, but um, we started it maybe like last January, just meeting and working and hashing it out. And you already have your notebooks full of stuff and ideas and things like that of the things you're going to bring to the table. So um, it was a conglomerate of stuff that we did and we but once we kind of got things roll rolling it was um the pandemic had hit and uh Neil and I we just switched to Zoom and then we uh we had to quarantine to record vocals together and we just recorded them ourselves. We we've never been in a studio before we always just uh do uh just do a closet I don't know just like that <laughs> you just you just need you just go into a coat closet you just need to like push aside your shirts and go right in there right when it's I've dead. Done
0: the exact same thing before.
1: Yeah so we just did it right here so that's it and um we just hung some blankets and um it was mixed and mixed by um person named joe at hideaway studios and that was the first time it was mixed by somebody else in a long time and had it pressed on vinyl and i took our time with it a little bit because it's a summer album and i think it was done kind of at the end of summer last year and it was like i don't know let's sit on this let's work on it a little bit so it was fun I don't know lead lead me around i uh i talk in circles sometimes no no you're you're
0: good because i i'm trying to think of this almost like a product launch so this is the first time you've really sat on something and kind of been like, let's release this all as one big package, as opposed to doing it uh, kind of single videos or single songs at a time. I'm curious what your thought process is on, on launching this. So as you approach May 21st, what's the plan to kind of get the hype train rolling on it to try to have the most like effective launch and get the most eyes on it and most ears listening to it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, talking to you (laughs) and, uh, uh, we we have seven videos that are coming out before the the release, and um, just kind of chatting with some pals about drumming up a little bit of press, and um, that's it. We have some pre-order items that we've never we've never done a pre-order before, you know. So we have some some cool items that are only available for that for maybe some of our fans that are a little bit uh, more of collectors, um, and uh, may, mainly. It's just we've never done like a hey this is gonna come out at this time. You'd think we would have, right? You'd think we would have now, but uh, we've always <laughs> just been like. <laughs> and, and but uh, but um, what we're doing things to lead up to that uh, May twenty first date, but we also know that our fan base is really slow, really slow to warm. Like everything takes a long time. People are just catching on to videos that we or songs we put out like. Four or five years ago, right now. And that's okay. So, what I, what, but what people do is they take them as just a video and they don't know they're attached to anything. So, I, my only hope is that people hear, hear that it could be an album and you try it out as a big chunk, you know? So, um, cause for as a kids band, we go pretty hard for what normal standards are as a kids band. I, we're just I trying to, gonna, yeah, I, we're trying to change say. people's minds about what a kids band can be. That's our real right. goal.
0: And this is, it reminds me of like what Disney and Pixar do is that obviously they're kids movies, but they're really great movies that appeal to adults too. And like their famous thing is that they have jokes that only adults understand. And so it's like adults want to see these movies or at least see them way more than other, like really just kid movies. Do you find that like parents and teachers get more excited about what you're doing because it's not the cookie cutter, like kid style of music?
1: Indeed. And that that that's that's who we're going for, really, right? And um, and that brings us the most joy. That's what we like, you know. So people want to focus on like, hey, here's this little kid, and it's like, I love it. I think Tommy's really cool. Tommy, what's going on? But what what do mom and dad think? What does teacher think? What does grandma think? You know, we kind of want you want to win over the people that are harder to win over. So um, I, I hope I hope more people. I wish more people would embrace us. You know what I mean? Uh, That um, if if you're a parent and you like us, like this, you can be like, this is your band. This doesn't have to be your kid's band. Your kids can like it, but we can be your band too, you know? Yeah. It's
0: not the 88th time you've heard, let it go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But
1: then we become, I've seen that we become that too, right? In the same way we become a kid's obsession. And then the parents, anything you hear, 80 times you're going to not like. I have that with my kids too, right? I've seen things too many times. I've seen them too many times. So, um so I don't know. We we always have grandiose expectations, right? We I really think you need to your dreams need to be extreme, they need to be huge and then you can always reach for that knowing that you will go there, but also your expectations need to be like right in front of you. It needs to be that macro and micro always working at the same time that's so.
0: such a smart way to think about it. I, don't, I don't i don't think there's a better way to end the episode than on that statement right there because just so many insights you've had that are interesting not only from the music scene but also from like a business side of taking the existing landscape picking things that no one's doing, putting them into one thing and then pushing and working hard at it while keeping that like long-term big vision that people might call you delusional for, but also knowing that that doesn't just happen, that you have to work really hard at it. So this is, it was so cool to have you on. Wow. You I'm-
1: summed it, you summed it all up right there. And, <laughs> and the beginning stuff is subconscious, right? It's subconscious. Like I didn't, we didn't actually cherry pick those things purposefully. They just are like, this is what i want to do so and then you just do it but um uh yeah people people wouldn't call me would you say delusional no what did you say
0: yeah delusional. <laughs> yeah
1: people wouldn't say that they just would say uh so um how long are you gonna do this or they'd be like even recent even like a couple years ago so you guys are gonna like keep doing this you guys going to keep doing this in five years? And we're just like, yeah. Not not knowing their question was like, probably to be like, you guys should stop. (laughs) So have you had that? Have you had that? Um, It's
0: When I first started at first, uh, well, it's especially in the world of the side hustle. It's the whole thing where people like, when you start something, they go, oh, cool. Even to this day, I go, oh, yeah. You know, I have a coffee roasting business. You go, oh, cool. It's like, what do you do for a job? And I'm like, "I, I mean, I just... Like I do, I do that and they're like, and then that's where they start trying to like cherry pick it and be like, okay, but what do you really do? Like, what is it that you're really doing? And no, this is like, what what do I do? And so I think that's part of it too. And it's probably pretty prevalent in the music scene as well, that if you're in a band, it's usually that like, oh, cool. So like, what do you do? And you're like, this is what I do. Why you gotta keep asking me what I do.
1: Yeah, when that question comes up repeatedly, that's just time to walk away basically, you know? Yeah. It's like, you need to work on your stuff of what you think entrepreneurship can be. You know what I mean? So,
0: Yeah, and that's, that's why I've had so many uh, music bands on what is technically a coffee podcast, because I think that the music world, I don't think there's anything more entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial. Talk about a, like a segment that is so, so populated. There's so many bands, there's so many people doing different things. And so for you to have the success you've had, it's pretty incredible. And it makes, it makes sense based on what you're saying here. And I'm really excited for the album to drop next month. And as soon as there's one of those 21 plus shows, I think me being a single guy with no kids, I think or I should say not married. My girlfriend would get upset if she heard that, but
1: you're coming. You're going to come. You're going to come. I would
0: be there in a heartbeat, but I don't think I can go to one of the kids shows because as a not married guy with no, you uh,
1: actually can though. That's that. You can come to something like that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Bring a friend. That's maybe we should have talked about that. Yeah. That's why let's get into it right now. A lot of bands, this, yeah we're gonna minnesota buy this so a lot of bands <laughs> that have a kid following but do an adult thing they will d- play two shows a night right they'll play the early yeah. ki- like um there are little bands that do it but then there's bigger bands that do it too like they might be giants when they put out their kid records they would play an adult show in a in a kid show and for us we were looking at wow well we can draw only 50 people in this city right now even still like maybe we can we can probably draw 300 people in every city that's still it's not huge but that is definitely something we hang our hat on but um but we're like if we're going to only draw 50 people we're not going to split those into two shows right so then we just decided early on we're like nope early all ages show so kids you got to get used to coming to a club maybe you'll start a band or something that'll be cool and you'll put us in your liner notes someday bring some headphones and then a punk adult people just come on. It's not weird. Their parents are here. Just grab a beer and come to the show. So, um, yeah, we'll probably play the Cedar or someplace like that and come, you know, get a pint. And if you want to hang in the back, you hang in the back. Cool. Whatever. But,
0: uh, all right. I dig it. I'm in.
1: Yeah. We just come on in. So, Hey, and cheers to you for all your stuff. I, um, I, I'm here because I love the hot sauce and that's you taking it to the next level. I do love the coffee. I didn't mean to start off like that. Like I really, no, 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 no. I, I totally really love what you meant. <laughs> I really love you. Get it. You get it. You, you here's know, it.
0: I, no, no, here's, I you think, I think what you were getting at is I, I get this all the time, especially when it's someone I know they order the coffee or I send them a bag, they taste it and they go, Rob, this is actually really good. And I go, I know it's like the kind of backhanded compliment. I expected it not to be good, but this is actually good. I go, I yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I no, I knew the coffee was good. I was just saying, is that the hot sauce is that good?
0: Yeah. So. Well, and it's 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 funny because that's kind of our thing, too, is a coffee hot sauce is a gimmick, but like you said, is a gimmick is a good thing if when people taste it, they go, Oh, this is actually really good too. And so like, same with your shows is like, you've got what you said is like almost kind of this gimmick or the shtick, but then you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is actually really cool too. And so I think gimmick has this really negative connotation, but you go in this world where it's so overly competitive, you need something to raise an eye Oh, I'm
1: obsessed with gimmicks. I'm obsessed (laughs) with gimmick. I need it. I need it. If you don't have it, I don't know. I don't know what's going to bring me to the table. But even this podcast is an example of, you know, it has the lens of a coffee podcast, But it isn't. It's a small business podcast. That's why I've enjoyed a lot of the episodes because it's just like it's, it's just um, we just think of it. We're a band, but we think of ourselves as a small business. You know, that's why I read, you know, whatever Inc. magazine, Fast Company, all that stuff, right? I just get ideas for the band. So, no,
0: that 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 was awesome. That was one of the initial things where I was like, "This is going to be a good episode" because we were emailing back and forth, and you're like, "I love the business stuff." I was like, "Oh yes, awesome. This is going to be a good episode because that's the stuff I geek out on and." hearing you talk about your, your, your really the business of your music is a really interesting side to look at it. And I think some of the things you do, people might just go, Oh, this is all just kind of for fun, but you go, there's, there's some strategy. There are like really awesome ways. And it explains why people get so connected to what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you very much. And I will extend the same to you. Uh, We always have seen ourselves as more than a band just so that we can do weird things and weird merch items and weird videos so we don't we're not like locked down and um you're a great example even with like how i mean the business is a baby you got years to grow you know what yeah. i mean and you got the pot you got the hot sauce you got the coffee and uh the subscription that's cool that's, yeah. that's what's up
0: yeah that was the big advent of 2020 after covid forced the hand and you go well this actually ironically is probably one of the best decisions we've made as a business under extreme pressures. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's wonderful. Uh,
0: this was the ultimate Minnesota goodbye. Cause I think I said, we're going to end on a note about like 10 minutes ago. And that's a very good thing in my book, but I that's really good. appreciate you coming on and I will send you everything with, uh, when this launches and, uh, yeah, as soon as there's are a show you, all ages, I'm in. Let's
1: do it. Okay. Appreciate awesome.
0: you. Yeah. Have a great rest of your week.